0: I asked when I met Steve was, how do you wake up at like four o'clock every morning? Like- What is going on, you guys? My name is Kyle Solgar. Welcome back to the Four Stars Podcast. I'm here with my man, Steve Bechtold. You guys have seen him before, and we are back again. We just wrapped up an awesome shoot in the uh, office studio space and figured, why not hop in and do a podcast real quick? So with that being said, guys, here's Steve, and uh, let's get started.
1: All right. Well, thank you for having me back once again, like always. uh, I actually, you know, we, we were just talking right before we decided to shoot the podcast, and uh, I'm always working on something new, some yeah. something else going on. And we were just talking about your theory yeah. of, uh, you want to start with that? A little bit of yeah. what you've been doing recently and how, how it's making you feel?
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, Steve's always been, you know, somebody I go to for advice on anything that has to do with fitness and being in shape. And years ago, I was in really good shape because I really focused on it a lot. And recently, I think with quarantine and everything else, you know, things start to slip out of line, you know, you start drinking too much, you start eating poor foods, whatever it may be, you start sleeping in, or whatever it may be, and uh, I really wanted to kind of shock that, and I didn't really have a way to figure out how to break it, and I finally kind of wrote up this thing, I put it on Twitter of all places, but (laughs) I kind of wrote up this like consensus of like my ideal diet, and my ideal routine, and what I think is sustainable long-term. And uh, just a little quick preface before we get into it, essentially what it is is, you know, seven days a week you're in the gym, uh, if not once, twice, Uh, cardio every single day, two to three hundred calories on like Stairmaster whatever, it's a little bit better on the knees and joints, we've talked about that before, versus running every day, a little bit more sustainable Uh, that, no drinking any alcohol, nothing at all if you have any other habits and hobbies that you like to do uh, do whatever you want. But I personally think cut them all out. Uh, the only supplement maybe are, you know, your vitamins. And if you really need something to help you sleep, you know what I'm talking about. If you know what I'm talking about? Uh, use something like melatonin, right? So no alcohol, no, none of the green stuff, none of the, um, you know, no cheat meals at all. So you're going to be doing seven days a week, no cheat meals. I don't care. You know, whatever. It uh, doesn't mean you can't eat any carbs, but uh, definitely, I think a more carb-restricted diet is better. Steve is a big proponent to Ezekiel bread, which is more yeah, digestible. Yeah, low glycemic,
1: like. low glycemic. Yeah, with carbs, you know, that's a slippery slope for some people, and it's a really hot topic. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, carbs sometimes get a bad rap. Yeah. You know, they, they definitely have some benefit. And, you know, when we look at keeping our gut healthy and our microbiome, and, I mean, this is all the research that's coming out right now is, you know, we have our gut-brain access, yeah. which literally the microbes we have in our gut The food that we're fueling them is going to affect our neurotransmitters, how well we feel, uh, how motivated we are. All of these are going to be correlated to the food we're bringing in. And if we're not bringing in carbs and insoluble fiber or resistant starch, we're not going to be feeding those good bacteria. So I'm a huge proponent on keeping it in there. But for, I'd say, 90% of people, unless you're looking to gain, which is not everybody's goal, or for high performance, it should be low glycemic for the most part. Yeah. You know, because uh, then you're not getting these blood sugar spikes. So you're not having these crashes, for but sure. those blood sugar spikes can be very beneficial if you're using it for performance based outcome. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think, yeah, that's the thing with carbs, right? There's like a double edged sword, but, yeah, totally. uh, and people take one or the, they take like three approaches, right? Like I'm okay with carbs, which I know people who have good metabolism. I personally don't think I do, <laughs> uh, who can, you know, rip it out, which is cool, but they're still eating clean. I have people who, you know, maybe do Atkins who'd have no carbs, which is really easy way to lose weight, really easy way to bounce back into a poor habits. And then you have people who do keto, which I've, you know, did keto six years ago, tried it out just to see, I think you're gonna have really bad time in the gym because you're gonna have no carbs. You're gonna feel maybe clear mentally, but your workout's gonna be kind of bad. You're not, I don't, I always like the feeling of like, you finish a workout, you maybe supplement it with protein and some carbohydrates to like replenish and like refill kind of refuel. And I never really got that feeling on that diet. So I think for me personally, the best is high protein, moderate fat, relatively low carb. If you're going to do carb more so during the beginning of the day, when you're going to be working out after a workout and, um, you know, still doing that fasted cardio in the morning. So wake up, you know, five, six, whatever, get seven, 6.5 to eight hours of sleep. Like we've talked about on previous podcasts, getting sleep, (laughs) uh, waking up pretty early, maybe having your caffeine then, I prefer maybe like a pre-made like canned energy drink or whatever, or like not like a monster, but like a more vitamin rich one that like, you know, a pre-workout kind of supplement. And then I actually stopped drinking pretty much coffee too. So I think what I've learned through all this, just as a brief little consensus is that everything in my life is optimized better. I have yep. more energy, I feel way better. I am definitely getting crazy in strength improvements very quickly cause I like that muscle memory and uh um, ev- like an even mood less stress less anxiety less you know peaks and valleys and um that's why when i wrote that it was just important i wrote it in the stairmaster like 5 30 in the morning because i'm like i need people to know like this can solve 90 percent of people's problems and people are like well why doesn't we solve 100 it's like listen if you're all you are still getting an a in life uh if you have 10 percent of problems it's fine but you're literally starting at zero so you know if you're supplementing your your stressors with drinking alcohol every day and you know, then you drink alcohol, so you stay up till two a.m. and then you stay up until two a.m. So you do something like smoke, or you just stay up in bed, and then you you, you drink until you fall asleep, and then you're waking up so you can get shit sleep. Then you're gonna supplement it with coffee to wake yep. up in the morning or whatever else. You're gonna feel like shit in that department too, and it's just gonna be this reemerging cycle. You're gonna have the coffee, then your coffee, coffee, coffee to your wine, beer, alcohol, whatever
1: at night, and then it's day after day after yep. shitty food. You're not gonna work out because you started drinking. Well, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And, you know, one thing that you brought up, I mean, going over all these different diets, each of them have a a place and a right time. And I think each of them are specific to each person's body. For sure. You know, I personally do not feel I respond very well with keto, you know, I can get lean. I think it's an amazing, amazing diet strategy for distance runners or for like high endurance. Like I think it trumps everything for muscle building for bodybuilding. I think it's very important to use your insulin levels because Mm -hmm. along with a spike in insulin, you're going to increase building and growth hormone signals within the body. So I think that that's great. Uh and one thing you said was that you feel your body doesn't process the carbs as well. Yeah. And at, right now I'm wearing a continuous glucose monitor. Yeah. I have two brothers that I train that are 2 years apart. Yeah. And each of them wear the g- glucose monitor. And dude, it's so funny because the older brother, uh I mean they're super competitive, yeah. but the older brother, he uh his blood sugar will spike up a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And then the younger brother's blood sugar will drop a lot quicker. So, you know, like we've talked about with different uh, longevity uh, hacks, I'm a big proponent of fasting. So these brothers do three day or four day or five day fasts at the beginning of every month. And what's so funny is seeing the way that, you know, they're genetically from the same biological parents, but their bodies respond so differently. You know, the younger brother will get into a deep level of ketosis by the third day, which basically just means that your body is not utilizing sugars anymore because it kind of burned it all off. It's still creating sugar from gluconeogenesis so you don't need to call me out on it but um (laughs) it's using ketones as a primary energy source and uh when we're using those ketones there's a lot of different benefits that happen within the body and this is what we were talking about right before we came on Uh, so this whole concept or whole field everything it's called hormesis Mm -hmm. hormesis or a hormetic response and really what hormesis is or a hormetic response is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so our bodies we have genes right we got we get our genes from mom and dad but our genes don't really dictate our future our genes are just the instructions you know it's kind of like we have this giant piano with 20,000 keys and all these keys are a different protein that we could make mm-hmm. so depending on the environment you know are you super stressed are you sweating your ass off on the stairmaster after an hour yeah. are you sitting in the cold meditating Our body constantly is checking, hey, what the hell is going on? You know, we've got all these sensors. It's like, you know, a car. You know, your car has hundreds of sensors. Our body has way more than that. All of our cells have all these different sensors. So even things like what time of the day it is, Mm -hmm. your blood pressure, your heart rate, your blood temperature, all of these create little responses and little triggers. And what we're finding is... A stress like working out mm-hmm. right working out is a stress on the body mm-hmm. you can work yourself out to death you yeah. know there's really no like you're breaking down muscle while you're working out what happens however is that mild stress that you stress or good form of stress of breaking down the muscles then gives us the back end where we increase uh different responses within the body you know we increase what's called heat shock proteins heat shock proteins uh, also happen from the sauna whenever your body temperature goes up so when the blood reaches a certain point mm-hmm. and it gets hot, just like with an exercise or when we're uh, breathing heavy, uh, what's gonna happen is our body creates these heat shock proteins. And these guys are like, oh shit, something's going on in the body. Let's call in the reinforcements, let's call in the troops. So you get your entire army of heat shock proteins coming out and they're like, all right, let's clean up shit and let's try and save the body before we die. Yeah. But let's say if you only do an hour workout, those heat shock proteins are still in your body. They're still in your system. And that's going to then give you benefits. Uh, and this is a lot of what they found in doing studies on sauna usage. Mm-hmm. You know, the saunas, They. I mean, the studies behind the mortality rate, how much it helps people. It's Of course, it's all like studies in Finland and stuff like that yeah. where, where they use saunas all the time. Yeah. But uh, it really gives you almost all the same benefits as exercise. And it's this hormetic response mm-hmm. that... Oh my gosh i'm so hot in a sauna i'm getting this really uncomfortable feeling you know when you're sitting there and you're just like Fuck. Yeah. like it's getting bad you get that when you're working out too, or you're going on a run so we know what endorphins are right yeah those are those feel-good hormones we have a flip side of that called dynorphins and dynorphins are like the suck factor mm-hmm. and the suck factor the more those dynorphins go up they have a rebound effect no, you know sure. let's let's think about this in the opposite way take a neurotoxin alcohol What happens? When you feel it, it numbs everything down. You feel woozy. And then what happens? The body becomes hypersensitive because it's like, oh shit, Like there's the toxin. We're losing control. We're losing control. Yeah, we like it, or at least we think so mentally, but our body thinks it's dying. What happens from there is we then become hypersensitive. So when this neurotoxin gets processed out of our system, when we're metabolizing it, our liver's going through it overnight, we wake up in the morning and all our nerves are hypersensitive because they're just like, What's going on? There was a toxin. I couldn't feel anything. And now when they're hypersensitive and you wake up and you see light, that light is brighter than it normally is. When you hear a sound, that sound is louder than it normally is. And if you already have a headache because you've got inflammation going on from getting shit night sleep, fragmented sleep, and no deep wave sleep, I mean, you're at an insult to injury. For sure. So that's really the responses that your body has to these different you know, stressors or chemicals. And what we're finding out is if we can pulse or time that hormetic response properly with different stimulus, we can get a lot of these benefits. Uh, One of the big ones that I like that I've been doing now is uh, cryotherapy. Uh, I actually still prefer the cold shower and, well, don't prefer, that's not the way, I don't mean it that way. Uh, It sucks more. The shower sucks more. Getting into a bathtub with ice getting into a cryo at the coldest setting that they let me do for 3 minutes or getting in a cold shower the cold shower is I the agree. worst one it's the I don't worst know it's why. so bad but, oh my god yeah but it's really not it's the, <laughs> it is it is but it's not and that's the beauty of it is those yeah. are those dinorphins yeah. and after researching more of this i realized like dude that suck factor is what i'm there for mm-hmm. because what that actually does is it pushes an increase in norepinephrine levels for sure so being exposed in the cold for 2 minutes i think it was like 1 degree celsius water which is freaking cold Mm-hmm. Um, boosted no levels up to 180 percent wow and these levels this is this is what we look for with uh, depressive drugs with anti-anxiety pills yeah. you know so could we pulse this response by just taking a cold shower for two minutes a day every day that's crazy and uh, i'm actually reading wim Hof's new book right now yeah and he he actually is pushing that and that's what they're finding in the research they're actually finding that by doing a cold shower and in the book they're only saying 30 seconds a day building up to two minutes at the end of your warm shower just turning it cold doing it for 30 days consecutively will drop your resting heart rate will increase your muscle tone because this is what happens is when you hit cold water and that shit shocks your body Mm -hmm. you get a gasp reflex (gasps) it takes your breath away that's a natural response but that is a response you can control yeah. and what happens is all of the muscles, we have millions of tiny little muscles all around our vasculature system. And these this vascular system is the lifeline of our body. This is how we get oxygen, nutrients, everything to every single cell. And this is where those cells get the signals from our yeah. body, the, the these responses. So if you get into the cold, all those muscles tighten up to then bring all the blood flow into the center of your body and keep it from the outside. What's gonna happen is then when the periphery, when that blood gets down to 50 degrees, your internal body is going to start then transferring the blood. So you'll get in and you'll get this freezing feeling, and I don't know if you've experienced this with doing your cold showers, after a little bit you're gonna start feeling like you're warming up again. It's weird, yeah. And uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about, I'd say it's about 45 seconds. What I tell people when they're first doing it is turn that shower to cold, And it's not going to get cold right away. It's going to take three seconds. So you got three seconds to get your mind right. But then just focus on taking 10 deep breaths. So flip it all the way over and then go. You're going to. It's going to try and make you breathe in. But you're going to take just 10 deep breaths, then bring it back to hot. Then back down cold, back up to hot. I'm experimenting with this now because as I was doing this research, I found that doing hot-cold contrasts can even give you a more robust no epinephrine release. And then I'm getting the heat shock proteins from doing the the hot therapy. Then I'm getting all the blood to the peripheries because when you're hot, that's what your body does to get to cool off the blood. It gets it to the outside, you know, just like when you sweat and everything in the summer. And then I'm going cold. So really your body works like a filter system and I'm bringing all the blood to the, to the edges, to the extremities, and then all the way back to the center, all the way to the extremities, all the way back to the center. And now just what I've talked about with those different hormetic responses. Basically, your internal systems, your cells are like, what the... You know, yeah. is going on. We're hot, we're cold. But what that's doing is it's causing, you know, that piano of all yeah. your genes to play genes that are going to make you resilient, that are going to make you uh, combat these different stressors. And things that we see with this is uh, a reduction in uh, neurofactor kappa beta, which is <laughs> a horrible that's macrophage a, yeah. neuro, neurofactor that usually relates to inflammation. So having this go down uh, reduces overall systemic inflammation. So things like. Uh, autoimmune diseases can have huge benefits from this. Uh, We also, I think I mentioned this, notice a a drop in resting heart rate temperature. Uh, One thing that they brought up in the book that I thought was fascinating is people who normally get cold extremities, cold fingers, cold feet. He Brings up a different exercise. You'll have to get the book to see which exercise. But he brings up a different exercise you can do to help work on the tone of the musculature in these uh, capillaries to then build that tone and that strength to help self-regulate. Wow. I mean, it's fascinating. The studies that this guy has done, Wim Hof, and the things that they're seeing, the, the way that our mind can control our body and the adaptive capability of our body is insane. Yeah. You know, uh, even some of this, these hormetic responses are being used in cancer research. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, D- Dr. Volter Longo, uh, has something called the five day fasting mimicking diet. And what they found is with fasting, when you deprive your body of nutrients, course what do you think your body's thinking oh shit shit's going wrong we're gonna die so it protects itself and what it is is imagine your your cells are like you know your, your body's a train and the train is a fire engine train and you're trying to go to the next stop if you start fasting they're like dude we're running out of coal how are we gonna make it to the next train station and then the conductor says you know what screw it go through all the carts let's look for all the seats that are jacked up any of the benches that are broken break them down. Let's throw them in the fire. Mm -hmm. So when you're fasting for prolonged periods of time, when you're hitting these deep levels of ketosis, your body goes through something called autophagy. And autophagy, autophagy, means that it's eating itself. Mm -hmm. So when you are so deprived of nutrients, your body goes through and it says like, that cell's messed up. Let's eat it. That cell's messed up, let's eat it. And you also have all these organelles inside your cells. You know, you've got all these different things. It's like in your kitchen, you got the blender, you got the microwave, you got all these different things. And some of them you don't use. So they're like, shit, that microwave's been broken anyways. Throw it in the fire, let's keep going. And it's gonna utilize all of these kind of non-optimal cells or Mm -hmm. non-optimal components and use those to burn it off for energy. But then what happens is it actually stimulates stem cell growth. from uh yeah this is why it's so great for cancer patients first off when your body's in that stressed of a state all of your cells go batten down the hatches we're going to sit here and protect ourselves we're starving we don't know what's going on but then what happens to cancer cells is they don't listen to anybody they're proliferating they're like hell yeah we got a party going on here we're making more so then when uh you go into treatment your normal cells are more in protect mode while the cancer cells are more susceptible then to the treatment. So it's been used uh, in conjunction with different therapies. It's just very hard because you know, normally loss of appetite and loss in weight is something that goes coincides with uh, cancer and cancer treatment.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's great. What a good analogy to really to show. I really like that training because it really showed how it gets broken down. It's like, let's get rid of the, the stuff
1: we really don't use yep. first, right? And what's crazy with this is they've done biopsies on mice with this as part of Dr. Longo's uh, uh, experiments. And they find that literally the liver, the the stomach, different organs will shrink. Like mm. they can shrink up to 25%. You know, poor little mice, they cut them open and stuff. Yeah. But they shrink to 25%. And then in the other test subjects, when they refeed them, within two weeks, they'll replenish back to the full size. However, the cells that are then replenished were used by that new stem cells that were released so the organ after the fasting treatment is biologically younger than it was before wow isn't that fucking crazy that is not and that's from not eating it, yeah. you know there, there's different things and you know if you haven't done it before I, there's steps yeah. and ways to build up to it but it, the, the research around this is fascinating our body when we put stress on it Dude, this thing responds insane. Yeah. Now the my quest and my you know what I, fascinates me is, damn, you could get all those benefits from fasting three days. Like, can I take a pill that gives me that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they do. Really? They do have some of this. So uh, it's called a xenohormetic response. Okay. So have you ever heard of resveratrol? No. So resveratrol, some of you might have heard of this one. Resveratrol is like. Uh, remember, you ever heard people say like, "Wine's good for you." Wine's oh, yeah. anti-aging. So a polyphenol in there, the dark pigment, you know, these these great little things that we get from there, um, resveratrol, actually stimulates this hormesis in our body. What what we found is they're actually more concentrated in grapes that went through like a drought right before they're harvested and i heard that this is something that they do with wine grapes is depending on the stress and that's why different years can yield different uh uh, flavors is how stressed the grape is makes it more concentrated wow so what they found is this compound resveratrol when they stressed these grapes before they harvested them it shot it way up and then when we consumed this resveratrol inside our body it shot up a lot of our hormetic responses, a lot of our anti-aging and protective responses. And this sounds c- so crazy, but it makes sense. Yeah, we were we evolved with nature. You know, sure. we we are made to eat foods that are in season, that are local around us. Mm-hmm. So let's say if grapes are having a drought, we're having a drought. Yeah, you know. So whenever we eat food that is somewhat stressed or has had this, um, yeah, stress on it it's going to translate into our biology because the chemicals, the structure of these molecules has changed. And whether it's higher concentrations or lower concentrations, so we can take different supplements from plants that are going to mimic this hormetic response within our body. That's nuts. That makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, that's the, I guess this, you know, whole
0: podcast will be kind of about body optimization, you know, and it's and and the beauty of it, not just looking the certain way, not just feeling a certain way, but both. Like how can you do, and then and then prolonging it, right? Cause some yep. people who watch this might be you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and it's like the earlier, obviously you do it, the better. And, and even later on, it doesn't matter. Like do those things that are, are better to make you feel,
1: start with feeling better, yep. then go to looking and aging better, right? So the biggest thing, you know, we talked about sleep before. Mm-hmm. I'd say from today's podcast, the biggest thing that I can recommend is start with the cold showers. Yeah. I mean, the mental control you gain from the introspection of being able to say, like, you know, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Most of us, our our showers don't get much, much colder than 60 degrees. You're Mm -hmm. not going to die in there. But it's being able to talk yourself through that and really surrender into the feeling that's going to give you just so much mental power and clarity. Because that's the same muscle you use. uh, I call it a muscle, but that's the same mental Framework that you use when you then want to say no to a cheat meal, when you want to say no to something else, yeah. you're building this willpower that is a muscle. For sure. It really yeah. is a neurological connection. What it is, it's your medial prefrontal cortex being able to say, hey, I'm sitting here in the watchtower. What is going on? Yeah. Is this something that's okay? Whereas your amygdala is like, we're going to die. Yeah. We're hungry. Eat something. Get out of the cold. But then you could just be like, dude, we're going to be in here for 30 seconds. Yeah. Chill out sure. and let's see what the body can do. no no pun intended
0: that's yeah that's so (laughs) that's so funny because i think about um that i always said that with exercise and i just kind of came up with this because of what's what made sense but it was like if you work out in the morning it's going to dictate the rest of your day people say always say it's going to dictate the rest of your day but it's like no it actually does because if you take the willpower to say hey i did this yesterday i did 300 calories on the stairmaster took me 30 minutes whatever it is you do it again you're like all right that's done i can guarantee you add that variable into your day and your ability or your wantingness to eat pizza for lunch is going to go down a hundred X. You're going to be like, fuck that. Why would I do? That? I just burned 300 calories. I just did all this willpower move. It's a compounding effect. I already did this. Why would I do that? Why would I drink yeah. then? Why would I drink alcohol when I just did all that? I'm not going to throw that away. But as soon as you give it up, it's just a tumbling effect. Yep. It's the same reason people always say, well, when I get drunk, I eat all this bad food. It's like, well, what do you think? You're losing your willpower because your brain's not in its,
1: you know, whatever the the right. Same thing is it's it's everything snowballs. Yeah. The positive effects snowball, so do the negative effects. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about sleep. You cut your sleep in half one night, the next day you're gonna be more reactive. Yeah, because your brain's hyper It didn't have enough time to relax. So now when you see images, you know, of food, they're going to spike you. Yeah. You're going to have a more reactive response where you're going to You're going to give in to these cravings. Number two, you're going to have more of the hunger hormone circulating in your body. Mm-hmm. So you're going to constantly feel hunger. And then on top of that, when you do eat, you're not going to have enough leptin, mm-hmm. which is the satiety hormone. So you're not even going to feel full when you do eat. So you're basically and your body doesn't produce insulin and uh, as well. And it doesn't regulate blood sugar. As well so it's like your body is more susceptible to being fat you're gonna feel hungrier you're not gonna get full and you're gonna be agitated and not be able to control yourself like this is just a snowball effect right and then the same thing with the hot cold I think those two together give a huge benefit one of some of the research I saw recently um, I was just speaking with my grandmother and you know she's trying to exercise she's 88 Mm -hmm. and um, I looked up and there's a lot of uh, post uh, Uh, cardiac and heart surgery where they're now using hot and cold therapy to actually train the body and in older demographics where they cannot exercise due to different uh, joint issues. What they're finding is the hot and cold, the pushing the blood out and in the the tone of the vasculature system Mm -hmm. is giving them these great benefits and it's cutting down recovery time. It's insane by hot and cold. So it's one of those things that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for sure. And that principle will play out positively in every other area of our life. Love that. So I think starting every single day with something that sucks, you know, so waking up and working out, um, and it doesn't have to suck. It's just, it's kind of, you have to make yourself. So I wake up and I start every day with meditation and like, I mean, I, I, I like meditating, but every single day there's that kind of like like, I mean, I'm kind of sleeping. That's kind of like meta Your brain tries to talk you out of it or cold showers or working out. Mm -hmm. If you can start your day by getting that little voice in your head and just saying, you know, get in place, sit down, and we're going to do this. For sure. The whole rest of your day, it's going to stay sitting in its place. I love that.
0: I think, yeah, with that too being said, a lot of people will listen to that and say, I've tried that. It's not going to work. And I would be a proponent to tell you, yes, I know. Because I've tried. I know you've tried everything in the sun. I've tried a lot of different things to optimize. The first question I asked when I met Steve was, how do you wake up at like four o'clock every morning like you did? Because I ask everyone that. I'm like, what do you do? And there's never really like, everyone has their different responsibilities, different things. But what I would say is do whatever it takes to trick your brain. And the best word to use is literally trick. Because The power of habit, you, you know, read that book and uh, figure out ways, signals you can give your brain to say, hey, we're doing this. And use that signal every single
1: day. Yep. One it, thing that I had, I never said this before, well, I've I never told you before, is I used to have a quote in picture frame right behind my arm alarm clock that said, I don't sleep, so my dreams are my reality. That's awesome. And I used to, because like, I'd like look at the alarm clock, and I also had it on another table, which is yeah. a good good thing to do, because yeah. then I had to physically for get sure. up to go turn it off. So I'd get up to go turn it off, and it's like, you know, if you see a quote like that, or at least for me, quotes yeah. for me, I like sit there, and I'm like oh you hit me deep <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
0: 100 percent. and and if, if you need something like back way back it was like a, a turning on the coffee machine and now yeah. it's like sometimes it's like cracking open which i just i know whatever it's maybe not the most economical thing but like cracking open a can with, of like a little pre-workout whatever um it's like you take a sip of it you're like all right let's go yep and it, you know you can always change those things later in your routine you could take those out you could cut them out you can cut out the melatonin that's making you go to sleep at nine or ten o'clock but you can't change the fact that you got eight hours of sleep and you can't change the fact that I went to the gym in the morning. Yep. You could fix all the little intricacies later that you want to pick apart, but you, if you need a trigger, use it, abuse it, use the tricks, make your brain love it and get in the routine, and then your routine compounds and then you're on this,
1: you know, great kind of oh, yeah. trajectory towards a, a nice optimized life. Yep, yep. So... I think the biggest thing to take away from this is start the end of your shower with a hot-cold contrast. Yeah. You know, and even if it's at 15 seconds first, just take it, drop it down. If you could have a little stopwatch over there yeah. or if you want to count your breaths, I'd say at least do five breaths. Yeah. Uh, I think think most of people can start out with 10, but then switch it back up get warm, switch it back cold. Maybe you only do one for 15 seconds the first day. You know, then after a week of it, you build up to 30 seconds. Then all of a sudden you do 30 seconds cold back to hot back to 30 seconds cold. If you yeah. can build it up to about two minutes, I guarantee you, you're going to notice so many differences in every aspect of your life, not just physical health. <laughs> I love that.
0: Well, sweet. I'm glad, uh, cool. I'm glad we were able to get that talking. I think it was awesome. I think it's good and reflective for other people starting their fitness journey or in between it. Not just fitness, but life optimization. That's what we're going to yeah, call it. definitely. And uh, I think we're going to do a lot more talking on it soon. Uh, you guys can check out all Steve's stuff uh, on Instagram at Steven, Steven underscore Bec- Bechtold. Steven. Bechtold. Steven yep. dot Bechtold. You check out my stuff uh, at Kyle Solkar or Solcar underscore Media. For all of the work stuff, and then at Four Stars Podcast, we've been posting a lot of new clips on there, uh, so you guys can kind of get bite-sized pieces of the podcast and some behind-the-scenes stuff. So that means, I guys, thank you so very much You're for welcome. watching today. This is a Four Stars Podcast. Keep chasing the fifth piece.